Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Food Hello, Peddlers Podcast. And today I've got a really exciting guest slash guests, the Sowers family. And we're going to be talking with Joelle Sowers quite a bit about how she got into farming from South Carolina all the way to Cody, Wyoming, where we live now. And we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about kombucha and fermented foods and why all that stuff is really good for your gut. And Joelle's got some really exciting long-term dreams and plans that we're going to talk about. And, uh, you know, we're gonna, let's just get right into it. And I got a dog here that's just shedding like crazy all over me. So I've got a really authentic family experience here. <laughs> so welcome, Joelle. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Zach, for having me. Yeah, this is our, our third episode, so you're you're an early bird, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Early bird. And we got the whole circus here today. We've got Jacob. We've got Hannah and the rest of your family, Just right? Just part of the circus. Just part of the circus, yeah. actually. That's true. Yeah. So, and I've met the dogs today, so we've got we got a fun show for you. So, um, so the first question I had was, um, how did you guys come to Cody? I know you've told me this a little bit in the past. Um, but uh, if you could just elaborate a little bit on okay. that. We moved to Cody. You did. You moved to Cody. Okay. But why did we move here, Jacob? Do you remember you were you weren't even born yet? Uh huh. I saw us moving in the tummy. I played with Okay. So we only had six children when we moved here, but Jacob came along. He's our Wyoming baby, so he's number seven. And we moved here eight years ago from Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, where my husband worked as um, uh, a manager on different resorts that are there. So it's kind of a 360 from what we ended up doing. But the economy always takes a hit on the coast every time there is a hurricane. And I want to say Katrina came along in like 2008, mm-hmm. around that neighborhood, and after Katrina, the the tourism industry on the East Coast took a huge dive. Oh. Property value um, took a huge dive. The economy uh, went south pretty quickly. So the company that my husband was working for was this uh, big southeastern uh, company that was uh, had, a, had a great presence among many states in the southeast, but they were heavy on the real estate. Mm. So um, they had a lot of beachfront properties for sale, a lot of, a lot of developed properties that were gorgeous. Um, they had a, you know, a rental industry, they had resorts that they had golf and tennis. There was a lot kind of combined in these resorts. While the resorts... Um, obviously didn't have as much business so my husband decided that it was time probably to see the writing on the wall that when other people were getting laid off that he should start looking for another job so he looked for two years and Wyoming was where he decided was the best place to have a complete change of lifestyle uh, be more family oriented and just kind of leave the the craziness of the East Coast behind and kind of have a fresh new start for the family. So um, he looked in Wyoming for two years 
and he found a job at the center of the West, which was Buffalo Bill Historical Center at that point. Remember, remember we went to the gas station we got food? Oh, gas stations, man. Yeah, yeah. on our trip. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so we, he looked for two years, and finally after two years, he found a job, came out and interviewed for the job, and we put our house in the market. And Bam. a couple months later, we moved out. The house, it took a year for the house to sell. Uh, so... Um, yeah, complete number 360. We did some gardening where we were before. Uh, now in the south, you can put seeds in the ground in February. Right. And you have a beautiful, plentiful harvest um, in April. And you don't need to use a greenhouse. And you don't, I mean, unless you want to plant in December, right? Right. Um, so we did a little gardening, and that was fun. Uh, we still had a lot of deer where we lived. So you had to protect your garden from the deer. But um, did you do the goats at all? In no, we did not. We lived okay. in a, we lived in a residential uh, resort. Right. So we were in a a neighborhood that had um, serious stipulations for living there. So we couldn't have our garage open to show our kids stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. We were we were surrounded with retired people who were just the most awesome neighbors to our children and surrogate grandparents. And, um, yeah, so completely different. We lived at, like, a couple blocks from the beach. I mean, we were at the beach all the time, beach pool, you know. Forget about that it. That was kind of our lifestyle. We started homeschooling probably a year before we moved out here. Okay. And then um, continued when we got here, so. Very cool. Yeah, so we're more kind of into farm schooling now than... Um, we have another dog. Yeah. Uh, well, Jacob's a dog too right now. So, so um, I, that's interesting though. I didn't know about the Katrina affecting um, uh, affecting Hilton Head too. Did did it uh, damage every, stuff too? Uh, no, we didn't okay. know. It did not damage Hilton Head. It's just you know how the coast took a hit. What it was. Florida or New Jersey or any of the other states. So all those people who would normally vacation down south weren't vacationing there. Whether whether they were heading to Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina. Oh. Um, Just because the whole environment was kind of up in air. Hurricanes affect the East Coast dramatically. Really. Um, no matter where it hits, it, it affects. Uh, toward the tourism industry dramatically. Interesting. And uh, the winds are pretty serious. They destroy these homes that are, you know, made of uh, wood and siding. And um, the neighborhood we lived in Hilton had, we weren't allowed to build brick. So if they have stipulations wow. and covenants and you had certain colors, your house had to be. As you can tell, we probably didn't fit in real well, did we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you guys are uh, uh, one of a kind. They had they have giant pine trees, too, that you're not allowed to cut down in these neighborhoods. Because they are they are beautiful, and they're habitats for the birds and the animals and the insects and different creatures. But what happens is when the hurricanes hit, they just all just topple down the sure, house. Sure, sure. So they took a hit last year, a big hit last year, and I think maybe the year before. This year, I'm not sure uh, if they had minimal damage or not, but the hurricanes 
So what happens is, is the news all, all of a sudden says, the hurricane's coming to Hillhead Island, and oh, look at the damage. And so people see... Oh, yeah. They see the devastation. So like the media makes it worse almost, right? I, I think so. Yeah. And then even if your area didn't really take a hit, then all of a sudden everyone's scared to death to mm -hmm. go... It makes a lot months, of sense. So they cancel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then people think, oh boy, I, I probably shouldn't vacation right now because look at what's happening. I don't want to blow economy. away. But I think the economy itself, though, really takes a hit. I mean, it's it's like anything. Uh, hurricanes affect the East Coast. Um, I see things happen in our community here in the West where you know when Marathon Oil left yeah, town, totally. um, all of those families supported local businesses, mm -hmm. supported the farmers market, supported. The local contractors supported the local painters, sure. plumbers, all of that money. Huge part of the economy. Yeah, it left. Yeah. And I think it depends on where you live, what, what really affects your economy. But everyone goes through a cycle. It's up, yeah. it's down. It's up, it's down. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so long story short. Now you're here. Now and now, now you got a different kind of wind to we, deal with all the and time. And we actually, before we had decided to leave Hilton we decided we wanted to go more rural, and we wanted to find on maybe off the island in Hilton Head, go to one of the smaller communities, the smaller islands, and, and become a rural family that maybe had animals and dairy goats and things like that. And it just wasn't in God's plan for us to do it then. Yeah. But dairy goats were something that we always wanted to do. Always wanted. I'm not sure my husband really was <laughs> always excited about goats, but I was. And I always wanted to make goat's cheese and so Now you're doing it. Now I'm doing it. Now you're doing so it, man. I, it's just How many like, goats do you have here? Oh, uh, yeah, nine or ten. Oh, wow, nine. Not very many. We've gone up and down our birds. Sure. We try to keep it not too large because we have only, you know, a little less than two acres. Okay. We have some bone lands that we adopt here and there, usually every other year. And uh, we're always open to adopt bone lands and use our goat milk to feed them. Right. And uh, we have... One that we're donating to uh, Campus Ventures and Powell um, that feeds a lot of college kids uh, several times a week as a ministry. Um, and we have one that we just brought to the butcher this week. His name is John Wayne. We had a little Western theme last year. And we brought John Wayne to... Uh, to is he the part of the giveaway? Yes. Yeah, John okay. Wayne went to... The butcher this week, the Zero Box is donating the um, labor and services, but we had to meet them at a ranch. Sure. They do the slaughter at the ranch, and um, so that <laughs> was an experience. Was oh, that the first time you've ever seen it? Uh, well, we didn't see it. We okay. actually requested to be able to be out of sight before, but it was... Sure. They could see the writing on the wall, what was going to happen. Yeah. And, yeah, the rifle and everything was... Yeah, it was... Yeah. Yeah, Jacob kind of said, whoa, whoa. What's, what's going that, on? Please? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not a toy. Yeah. What's, so, what's but not a Also, for them to realize that maybe... That's where that, meat comes from? That lamb mm -hmm. in the spring was a lot of work because, well, well God provided this, this wonderful goat's milk. Sure. We fed the goat's milk, and then we fed, you know, the grass-fed hay or the alfalfa mix. And... Now it's time 
you know, when you farm, that's the hardest part, when, especially when we have a small farm, is naming our cute little yeah. goat kids the emotional farmlands. Because we don't have like a big herd of 300 where you obviously would not be naming. Right. You don't name the herd. It's tough to say you're eating John Wayne for dinner. Yes. Yeah. So John Wayne will be picked up and in his packaged form and help given to some families in the community that are so excited that they're receiving mm -hmm. um, our farmer's market giveaway. Yeah, the giveaway, uh, which is great because, you know, I think all of us recognize at the farmer's market that winter here is um, slow. It's slow. It's, it's a time where everyone is maybe increasing in their um, uh, their needs because, you know, you can go without heat or you can go without air conditioning in the summer, right? <laughs> but you can't go without heat in the winter. No. So whether you're doing electric or gas or propane, you are spending extra money every month and your income for your family normally goes down sure, in the winter. Sure, sure. So that's just one example. Thank you, Hannah. Wow, that is some beautiful guacamole, man. Nice job, Hannah. Beautiful. What's that? I wish we had a picture or we can... I'll take a picture and we'll, we'll attach it. That's Zach's beautiful. beautiful, organic. Avocados. Uh -huh. That's our, that's the buckle pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you put in this? I put green stuff, avocados. Mm. It's good for you. This avocados are delicious. Mm -hmm. So that's how you got into farming is the, yeah. is the goats. Um, and then... You do a lot of fermented products now. Like we do. you are, um, you're pretty much a specialist in fermented stuff. I don't know if I'd say I mean, specialist, but well, I, I enjoy would. it, and it's something that I haven't <clears throat> always known a lot about. Mm -hmm. I learned about uh, probiotics and fermented foods uh, a few years ago when our family had gone through a bit of a, a little bit of a health crisis. We were living in a, a rental house that had. Um, contaminated water and we did not know what we were drinking or what was Ooh. making us sick and it was pretty bad um i don't recommend it uh i recommend <coughs> everyone test their water yeah everyone who lives in a rural area that doesn't have city water should test their water Go. regularly Go. Don't have a, a uv filter on your system you should get, get one. one get one because even that water was so bad that even it even that water coming through the UV system was testing positive for contaminants on the other side of the filtration system. So, uh, what is the fermentation for, for like your kombucha and your um, your pickles and stuff? How does that eliminate that problem? Okay, so uh, I actually have no idea. Fermentation, okay. fermentation is just a natural process. Um, where you're not canning, you're not doing the hot bath, you're actually fermenting, um, you're not cooking, but you're fermenting and doing like a salt water brine. Right. And your vegetables um, are good. Are good. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Jacob. They're good. But they actually, through the process, your vegetables are going to combine with that salt water and emit the probiotics and prebiotics needed mm. if you're doing your give your gut like a, a not not I wouldn't say a cleanse but healthy benefits constantly. So kimchi, um, sauerkraut, jardinier, yeah, jardinier, Chicago fermented thing. 
any type of fermented food is going to help your gut to replenish the good bacteria and get rid of the bad bacteria. Can I keep this? And that can actually help you uh, keep from getting uh, sick. If you have good flora in your gut, constantly being replenished, you can mm -hmm. help you stay healthy. Right. So when we're on top of our game eating our own foods that we make, right? Yeah. Um, and drinking the elderberry syrup for the antioxidants, and eating the fermented foods, drinking the kombucha, which is a whole other process, mm -hmm. um, we stay much healthier than if we kind of um, forget, get out of the habit of having it in our regular right. diet every day. But that's why the, um, you know, the Korean culture, Huge. kimchi is kimchi is a religion. Yeah, it's it's a super food. It's the fermented type of spicy coleslaw that has, mm -hmm. there's like 3,000 different ways to make it, and you can always oh, yeah. come up with your own way. People have their own kimchi refrigerators, man. Yeah, and they eat it every day, and I'm sure if there were studies, I haven't read up on that, but I'm sure their lifespan. if you look at their lifespan or look at the diseases that they may avoid, I'm sure cancer could even be one of them. I don't know. Um, it keeps them real healthy. They probably sure. have pollutants in their environment that we never see here in Wyoming. And they probably face difficult challenges for health. That they, they figured out as a culture, they must have this mm -hmm. every day, three times a day, four times a day. And um, I would love to do more reading on that because it's so interesting to see the benefits of probiotics in your gut because that's what healed us. You know, I had a couple friends that said to me, hey, you should really check out kombucha when we were really sick. And, and I said, what's kombucha? What do you mean fermented foods? Like, you It know, sounds super... It sounds weird, ske you know? Sketchy at first, yeah. So now I've become a little bit of a hippie with my... Um, I, can, I can hold uh, it. ...with my fermented foods. But um, it's just neat because, you know, you always... You can always learn from someone else something. Yes. You might not have the same political views, you might not have the same um, lifestyle, you might come from a different socioeconomic level, but everyone that God creates has something to contribute to. There's your always faith. a nugget of gold. Yeah. Always. There's always something that you can learn. So there are people that have lived here for years and years that have farmed and have so much knowledge. And people that are around here that quilt. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's an art that yeah. um, we need to learn more about before all the quilters, you know, are of an age where they're not quilting anymore. And, you know, sewing, quilting, uh, fermenting foods. I know the... Um, that really... The fermenting foods is huge because, like, I really know... I, I don't know... I probably don't know 10 people around here that are doing that actively. Mm -hmm. You know, the fermenting foods thing is such a... Because people are so used to buying, you know, your sauerkraut, your jardinier at the grocery store, you know. And in Chicago, jardinier is like... It's like the closest thing to kimchi in uh, yeah. Chicago culture. And nobody makes it. Except my family does now because we can't buy it anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you. Oh, you're making it soon? Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. Cool. You excited. know, um, I think... Uh, Wyoming PBS just did a special on a, a long study in our state on fermenting foods. Oh, cool. Farm to Fork? Yeah, I saw a video somewhere that popped up on Facebook about um, how they went all over the state and they visited with all these different farmers that did farmer's markets sure. and they talked about the benefits of fermenting foods, but they also talked about how it really wasn't um, something that people were doing at farmer's markets until about the year 2000. 
15 maybe because the laws changed mm-hmm. with raw milk and the food freedom food, the food freedom, food freedom, freedom act. act really also so it was illegal before the I, food freedom i want to say I didn't that's that. what i remember now i'm getting old probably sad, so I, we all are yeah you know, we, so am i yeah <laughs> i don't think you're getting old <laughs> um but but i think that is important yeah i'm much older you're right yeah. <laughs> thank you jacob thank you so much you're so observant man but I, I want to say, uh, as you do more and more research on farmers markets, though, Wyoming mm-hmm. is probably one of the top states that has the food freedom. You're right, because uh, um, yeah, raw milk is pretty much illegal in every other state. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's. I don't there's think it's shares even, and different yeah, things and, right. and odd things, but. Uh, like when I do any type of farmer's market in Montana, I cannot bring my cheeses, my kombucha, right. my milk. Uh, soaps are okay because they're not consumed. Sure. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting because I think we take that for granted. I Absolutely. Think we, we should be so thankful that we have all those privileges, whether it's just for our family we're making it, our farmer's market, or just, you know, from neighbor to neighbor. Um it's, it's a privilege because it used to be, back in the day, just a few years ago, that people had to buy raw milk. You had to buy a share and a cow, and it was very expensive. And now, you had to go to the farm to pick it up. Right. Yeah, it's just a nightmare. Right, a yeah. share or a share and a goat. And now you can go to the farmer's market. Uh, we have Mary there now at the farmer's market with her raw cow's milk. True. When the outdoor farmer's market start up, you'll have lots of people that have goat's milk, goat's ice cream, goat's cheeses. Um... And then the raw cow's milk products, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, without the pasteurization process, those natural enzymes that are in raw milk... It's kind of the same thing as the probiotics with your yeah, fermented stuff. It's so yeah. good for your intestines and your, your gut. And, um, you know... It, does that increase um, or decrease the likelihood of you getting sick because it's kind of like um, that that bacteria will fight bad bacteria mm-hmm. I'm not a bacteria it scientist bad, it keeps the bad bacteria out it's just sure. the constant probiotics from kombucha or fermented foods uh, will take the good bacteria and build mm-hmm. and multiply and then the bad bacteria Ouch. moves it out Okay. and not like a diuretic cleanse it's right. just a, a natural process of just a healthy gut. The good bacteria beats yeah. the bad bacteria and all it, day, all night. All night. And if you look at uh, autoimmune deficiencies, um, anything from lupus to uh, even Alzheimer's, uh, there are studies out there that show that gut health can, transforming the gut health can transform um, any of autoimmune problem you have because mm-hmm. it's in your gut. That, yeah. That's where it is. And there's so many other products out there and foods that you yeah. for probiotic yeah. stuff yeah but but the weird thing is well like this like isn't actually first. weird but like most um you know the part of the problem with processed foods is it's all dead there is no bacteria in that stuff right? right right you know like, so the, we're not most of us are not used to eating um you know food with a lot of bacteria to feed that gut bacteria you know right so even if you go to the store and buy kombucha that's in the cooler, mm-hmm. or you go to the grocery store and buy um, 
Uh, if you buy sauerkraut, that's been yeah, that's not uh, pasteurized. I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's canned. It's it's the good bacteria has been killed off. It's kind of like a. Um, it's dead. It's dead. It's like the mm-hmm. good bacteria is dead. The kombucha might still have some live aspects to it, but not near what you get from making it yourself. Sure. And the raw. Very cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a, I don't know, it's almost like an oxymoron to think of like sauerkraut that's been pasteurized because sauerkraut It kind of defeats the purpose. It defeats the whole purpose. It tastes good. You get more veggies, I guess. Right. And the other cool thing about all this fermented stuff is we can sell it in the wintertime. You know, right. you can actually get another um, of local vegetables and stuff in the wintertime. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and still eat it. So it's very, very cool. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to touch on uh, your long-term dreams too. Oh, long-term if you want dreams. To. Okay. I think you got some really cool dreams. I'm excited to talk about them, and um, you know, I think I think they're absolutely possible. You know, in the next couple of years, um, and I. So I remember you you mentioning that you have a dream of starting an educational farm of some yes, kind, right? Yes, I do. My background yeah. is education. I taught um, in first grade classroom for years and years and years. And I've uh, taught in preschool classrooms too. But and and you, have a, you have a, a master's degree in it. In I do. It, yeah. I have an undergraduate degree in no big deal. early childhood education. And then my yeah. master's is in elementary education. Sure. So I like teaching my own children, but I also like teaching other children and other adults, too. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 I just kind of, uh, I'm kind of an observer. I like to learn constantly and always be studying something new, mm-hmm. writing about it, studying about it. And I've just observed in our community, it was kind of like teaching in Hilton Head Island. Sure. You had a lot of children who had never been to the beach. They didn't know how to swim. The generations before them had never swam before. It was just something that was very evident. So um, you, as, a, as an educator, you tried to help that situation and break that cycle where you're not only trying to teach them how to read, but you're trying to teach them how to swim, get some lessons. The holistic approach. Right, because the life skill, they live on an island. They need to know how to swim. Uh, Here, I find that I meet a lot of children and adults that actually uh, have never had the opportunity of having a garden or farming because we are of um, a low income community. Mm-hmm. So it I know it does take a lot it takes money to And it's kind of a lost art too. You it, know, it's it not is. really part of our culture. It I takes, didn't grow up gardening, that's no. for sure. Yeah. It takes money to uh, buy your seeds. It takes mm-hmm. money to get your soil up to par where it needs to be with organic matter. Uh, it takes time. It takes fencing because we have beautiful deer here that will eat our gardens. Well, they are beautiful, man. We have to have the proper fencing. We have to have um, the seeds and <laughs> yeah, we got quite a show else. here going on. <laughs> Jacob's going to be the next guest on the show. That's right. Yeah. Jacob. 
What are you so doing? So you have to. Uh, I, I guess you can't but help but notice the need for, for farming education around here. Farming education. There are so many farmers. Whole country, man. I, yeah. But there are so many farmers in our community that would probably love the opportunity to take a busload of kids, whether they're private school, homeschool, mm-hmm. public school, whatever, and teach them some of the great wisdom that they know from working in the soil yeah. all these years. Yeah. And um, so I, I would like to have a bigger farm, working farm one day, where we have um, you know, grass-fed beef for our family, and we have you know, that's your dream to have a huge ranch, 300 acres, and <laughs> a big barn like 300 feet. The American yeah. dream. The American dream. I mean, you the know, Sour's American dream. I think, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's you can, you can oh, have yeah. dreams, and in the end, it's got to be God's timing. It's like yeah. for us, I always wanted to have goats and make cheese and make soap. Well, it happened. I never thought baby steps. The next, mm-hmm. the next dream's kind of big, to have a farm, a much larger farm, where I can teach, whether it's busloads of kids that come for a field trip and learn about farming, they're putting their hands in the soil, maybe taking some uh, seedlings home to plant at home. Sure. Or having a, a system where you have volunteers come in maybe twice a week. You have a system where if you volunteer for a certain amount of hours at the end of the month or when harvest starts, then you earn a certain amount of vegetables or beef or or lamb or you know what I mean. Where, Something, yeah. Where you actually have like almost like a co-op going. Mm-hmm. Where um, obviously when you have a much bigger farm, there's much more to do. Yes. And so you're going to need help. Well. The labor's always been the labor the is expensive, and so but but then again, everyone works so hard here to make ends meet and have a better life for themselves. They have, you know, you have families that have dual income plus they have their own business. Yeah, and they work so hard um, that maybe they don't have time to do the farming and the gardening. So maybe they would love to have an opportunity to bring their kids over and let us teach them. And let their kids work with us and and work in the soil. Maybe you know we have summer camps. Maybe we have a farm experience and have little cabins for tourists yeah. to come. Um, there's a lot. There's so a many lot. opportunities. So yeah. many opportunities. But um, I'd love to have you know a lab where you're showing uh, how to how to work with fermentation and ferment vegetables. You know, I'd love to. Um, you know, have a big barn where you're teaching about uh, all aspects of farming, whether it's animals or gardening or making soap with kids or just yeah, you know, tangible stuff. It, it's tangible just stuff. It's, the sky's the limit. There's so sky's many opportunities, but I think that would be great. Um, well, I think it's totally doable, and I'll be honest. There's actually there's already some momentum with that in the community. We're uh, actually I just got off the phone with. Um, Kathy Clarkson up in Wapiti today. She's a teacher up there. Uh-huh. And she's been working on getting a school garden going for a couple of years to try and get their kids engaged with growing. And um, right. we're at least going to be donating some growing kits to them in the near future. And then we're also going to donate to uh, Northwest College in Powell. They have a daycare center where kids already yes. have – they already have a garden there. Oh, so – there is a huge motivation to make what you're saying happen here already. Um, so it's just a matter of time and taking baby steps every year. And, and you know, before you know it, you blink and it's there. It happens. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I don't know. It's just I, you just got to keep praying about it and um, working towards the goal, but just kind of it's it's like an abstract goal with concrete goals meshing together. Mm -hmm. So you just you just never know um, what the future holds, but you have to be prepared. But I, at the same time, I want to teach my children, uh, and I have you know all ages, whether it's college down to five-year-old. Uh, I want to teach them to be grateful for what God has given us right here in the moment, the present. Absolutely, yeah. Gratitude and is a magical at, thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And to also see all the possibilities that we have to help others and grow things and raise animals right here on 1.7 acres. It, mm -hmm. it can happen. And that is a blessing, a huge blessing to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's why we started doing the farmer's market because... Um, you know, we don't have huge pastures, so we have to buy our hay and mm -hmm. buy, you know. Um, and it's great because it, it allows you to start small. You know, right. you don't have to buy a storefront and, right. and pay huge amounts of rent every month and all that jazz to make And, you know, self-sustaining and biodynamic gardening are two catchphrases. They're two words that, um, that we as a family are growing and learning more about, about using, you know, the chicken manure and the, you know, organic pile later as we turn it and then use it for, uh, on a garden, you know, yeah. or, um, um, growing vegetables for our family, but also the grass and flowers and different sunflowers and things that the goats like Circle to of life. eat too. The chickens, you know, mm -hmm. like to free range. And um, I really think that your eggs are so much more beautiful oh, and healthy yeah. when you do free range. And you do lose some chickens. I mean, yeah. whether it's to your puppy or your neighbor's, uh, you Get know, hungry. Yeah, fox or whatever. There are predators around. So you see the cycle of life. Yeah, and then we have our foxes. We have one fox left. That's you have mine. a pet fox? We do not have a pet fox, but the fox loves He's to just come a friendly around. family fox. He likes to come around looking for a chicken to grab. So. Mm. Yeah, he's coming around looking for a dinner at the place to go. So I have a family farm, place to go for chickens. Yeah. It's a sour family yeah. farm. He has, here. he has a little, or she has a little den with her little cubs. So, of course. Yeah, I saw her very fat last time I saw her. Mm. So she's pregnant. Having some Very more cool. babies soon. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Joelle, thank you so much for, for being on the show. This was hopefully the first of, of many <laughs> in-depth discussions with Sowers Family Farm. And um, I think we got a whole we, we could do a whole series on everything you do. I mean we could do one on elderberry syrup, we could do a lot more about fermentation, the education project, but this is really cool um, surface level discussion that I think we could build on and uh, if you ever are at the farmer's market in Cody on Thursday or Saturday, Joelle is there with all of her fermented goodies. She's usually the one closest to the, well, in the wintertime right now, she's the closest one to the door. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's a lot of fun to talk to. So come by and see her and, um, and try some of her goat products, fermented products, and eggs. And, and uh, I'm sure there's like five other things I'm forgetting. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, we'll have to do a segment with Jacob too one of these days. That'll, oh, yeah. be, that'll be entertaining. That'll he, be entertaining. he just want he's itching to be on this show. So. So is Hannah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. this guy, what's his name? Tucker. Tucker, cool. Tucker yeah, we'll do one with him too. Owen Sowers. Tucker Owen Sowers. Well, anyway, so thank you so much for listening, guys, and we will do 
we will keep you up to date on, on more shows in the future. So thanks so much. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Joelle.